Hello and happy Wednesday, everyone. I am coming to you from Kansas City, Missouri this morning. <laughs> I've been toggling between Kansas City, Kansas and Kansas City, Missouri the last three days. So right now I am in um, our daughter's apartment, living room, broadcasting. So this is fun. I'm having fun. How are you, Vince? Good. It's got to be a fun week for you. So. It is a fun week for me. I, I wish I could like throw up pictures. Um, our oldest daughter had a baby last Friday night. And so that is why we are in Kansas City this week is, is getting to spend time with them. And she is the sweetest, most precious, perfect, but aren't all babies. <laughs> I mean. Pretty much, yeah. They have a way. Babies, freshly born babies, have a way of really grounding you, just like causing you to really consider some really grounding ideas and thoughts about God. And because you can't help but but look at them and be reminded of who He is. That I mean, you're holding fresh news in your hand. And it's um, just phenomenal to be able to hold fresh baby. Hi. Hi, Sadie and John. Sadie and John are having breakfast together right now. Sadie is probably hoping that we whiz right through this because her getting to meet her niece is hinging on this live. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I'll try and talk fast then. I'm sure she's loving that. I'm sure. <laughs> she's probably going, Vance. <laughs> you know, you're talking about uh, how babies can ground you. It's just, it, it's incredible to to look at them and, and they're so uh, frail and fragile and delicate. And it just, it, it just speaks to our, our entire existence, you know, just a, a little bit above danger inside the earth and a little bit below danger in space. And we just have this perfect little place that God has made for us to, to thrive with him. And yeah, it, it just, it speaks to much the same, same thing and the same grounding there. Same she does loves, not she like loves me. <laughs> she has been, she's been out of town and hasn't got to to meet her name is oh. Remington Rose just in case anyone's curious so she hasn't Love got the to name meet. I know it's so sweet so so sweet and um so she is just like she's dying to meet her she's being very patient thank you Sadie well thank you thank you for your patience <laughs> all right enough of the small okay. talk <laughs> Before she like reaches through the screen and strangles us both. Um, we are talking about Matthew 10 and Mark 6 this morning, talking about when Jesus sends out the disciples. And um, it's it, it just occurred to me through a couple different conversations um, that that people are very unsure of of how to actually execute the plan that that God has for their lives. They know the call and and they're kind of like in this like 
holding it out. I'm willing to hold it out, but I'm still holding it. And, um, and instead of and what I'm talking about is the, the old life and, um, and not sure like how it is that, that you make it in, in the call. And um, because we've all been brought up in a system of providing for ourselves and, and when, when God comes along and asks you to give up your life, that is scary. It's absolutely scary. Good morning, Nicole and Sandy. Hello, Sandy. Welcome. Well, we've got Canada on this morning. That's fantastic. Um, and, and so there is, there is such a, a sense of cost, and and the reason I say sense of cost, and and I'm not I'm not trying to play semantics here, but the thing is that like once once you get past the the initial cost, you start asking like, oh my gosh, like this was so worth it because the trade off is incomparable. You it, it it's he is outrageous. He is an outrageously lavish God. And so there's there's no comparison. And at the same time, I understand the cost. I understand the price tag on, on following him. Hello, Jane. Good morning, Wales. Good afternoon, Wales. Good afternoon. <laughs> um, someday I want to meet Jane. I, I just, there are some people that pop on here and I'm just like, ah, you and I have to spend time together. And, and I love, and I've only seen a couple of videos that Jane and Anne Marie have done together. And, and I'm always like, oh my gosh, these two would just be hysterical to be around just wild, wild women. Anyway. Is she, is she one of the ones from in the car videos? Yeah. Okay. Love those. Giving you a reputation, Jane. <laughs> I, I think that I think that Jane and Anne Marie should just have a a car ministry where they that's just what they do. Yes. They go and pick people up, and and they just drive them around until they're saved enough. <laughs> and hysterically laughing. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, that's that's my idea of your ministry, Jane. Uh, <laughs> never having met you. <laughs> These are the things that go on. Yes. Yes. See, Nicole yes. is on board. Nicole has caught the vision. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. I, I'm coming. I'm coming to Wales to experience this car ministry. Anyway. Um, so the cost. There is a cost to to following to following Jesus. We, uh, he's so clear. It's going to cost everything, right? And and he has already groomed the disciples up to this point of of him sending the disciples out, and um, they know that this life is going to cost them everything. And they have weighed this, they have measured this to their own ability up to this point. And the rubber is about to meet the road, so to speak. And um, they're, they're about to find out just how sacrificial they are because Jesus's description, prescription for them to go out has got to be so difficult for them. I, and, and, and as we're talking about this, I want you to, to start realizing how much you have glamorized ministry. 
based on Jesus's prescription to the disciples to go. And I think that we can condense the story by reading Mark 6. And I know there's some some parts in um, Matthew 10 that we definitely want to hit. But um, this is the message translation because you can't get any more simplistic and plain than the message translation. Um, This is Mark 6, starting in verse 7. Jesus called the 12 to him and sent them out in pairs. He gave them authority and power to deal with the evil opposition. He sent them off with these instructions. Don't think you need a lot of extra equipment for this. You are the equipment. Just take a second, speak that over yourself. I am the equipment. There's nothing else needed. I am the equipment. He's given me the authority and he's given me the power. I am the equipment. Vince has been talking the last couple of weeks about the kingdom is in our hands. Look at your hand right now. The kingdom is in your hand. It is yours to steward, yours to stretch wide, to pull over everywhere you go, whether it's a car ministry, a cafe ministry, a I'm on stage preaching ministry, going to the ends of the earth ministry, whatever it is, the kingdom of God is in your hands. You have the power and the authority. And he's saying, take no equipment with you. You're it. Like you are this sword. You are the equipment. You're all that you need. No special appeals for funds. Keep it simple. You are the equipment. No special appeals for funds. Keep it simple. In um, in the CSB, it, it says, um, you don't need to do a fundraiser, right? <laughs> you don't even need to. And you guys, when I'm reading this, I'm going like, so pretty much everything that we do, he told the disciples not to do. <laughs> right. We're, we actually, uh, Vince and I came out of, of a ministry when, because God was like, you gotta go, you gotta go do what I'm telling you to do. And we're like, ah, but you know, there's all these X, Y's and Z's that, that need to be done first. And we finally, um, stepped into obedience and, and shared the, the vision with, um, the people that were over us at, at our last church. And, um, and we were simply told that it's, that's, that's too fast. That, that God's terms were too fast. God's wrong, right? And that it's going to actually take six months for you to be able to fully develop your ministry plan to be able to step into it. And this, this included a fundraising campaign that you had to raise enough funds to be able to step out into obedience. And right here, we have Jesus sending out 12 men into a territory that this would be new to them. The kingdom of God would have been new to them. This message would have been new to them. Uh, that this power and this authority would have been new to the people that they were sent to. And, and so everything, everything in our Western culture that we have been trained up to do, that we have, we have watched done is everything that Jesus is saying not to do. Don't host a fundraising campaign. Go. And, and, and I love it because it's, it's, you can see his desire for them to catch God as provider. Mm-hmm. Don't do anything in your own power. Lean upon the power of the father. He will provide everything that you need. Wow. Keep it simple. And no luxury ends. 
Get a modest place and be content there until you leave. No luxury ends. It was probably a little over a year ago and God was talking to me about this very thing. And he was telling me there is a day coming when people will travel to share the gospel and they will not stay in hotels. They'll go house to house. And he was showing me these different colored houses and how each of these different colors represented a a power or an authority given by God to the the household. And that by by going in and staying and going from house to house, you would gain these new um, levels of authority that you will never get staying in a scrambled hotel ever. And so this is something that that I, I am longing to see, like, what's it going to look like? Because our first thought when we're, we're traveling is, what hotel am I staying in? When we really should be opening up our homes and, and like, stay here, stay here, right? Come and stay with me. And um, we're actually up against this right now. And our first thought was, is like, the, the hospitable thing is to get them a hotel. Well, we have, we've got Laura Beth Malloy coming in in October, and it just turned out that that is a game day weekend for us. We live next to a college town, and every hotel in like the three towns combined are sold out. There is, there's no room at the end, right? And so <laughs> we have no choice but to host her in a home. <laughs> and, and it just reminds me of all of this where Jesus is like, that's not the point. The point is to, to go and receive the hospitality from the people that you're ministering to. All right. I said that this would be the condensed version. My goodness, I'm really um, stretching this. Um, and no luxury ends. Get a modest place and be content there until you leave. If you're not welcomed, not listened to, quietly withdraw. Don't make a scene. Shrug your shoulders and be on your way. Then they were on the road. They preached with joyful urgency that life can be radically different. Right and left, they sent the demons packing. They brought wellness to the sick, anointed their bodies, healing their spirits. Wow. God took care of everything. He took care of everything. Jesus just said, go. He gave them the power and he gave the, them the authority that they would need. And he gave them instructions. Keep it simple, fellas. Just go and share the kingdom. Jump in. Yeah. It, when we jump back over to Matthew in chapter 10 or chapter nine, the end of it, um, Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. The very next thing he's calling the disciples together and, and preparing them to go out. And, and there's, he gives them very specific instructions too to, of who they're to, to go talk to, not just anybody. There's, they're supposed to go to uh, the, the lost sheep of the house of Israel to the house of Jacob, because we know Jacob's name was changed to Israel. And and proclaim that simple message of the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I think that one of the things that keeps us from doing this and, and fulfilling the commission to, to make disciples of all the nations is 
is fear. We get scared of, of what, what is this? What am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to, to do? This is so complicated when it's very simple. Jesus said, go proclaim as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And oh, while you're doing that, I also want you to uh, uh, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. And, and this is, is the sign of the, the, the message of the kingdom of heaven being at hand. This is what you are doing as you go. You're displaying these things. You're putting the kingdom on display, saying, here, here it is. It's, it's at your fingertips now. Yeah. What are you going to do with it? It was a very simple message. Just simply proclaimed the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I can't imagine what else they would be thinking to say along with that. Uh, you know, it, it, it's easy for us to come up with things to say because we've got a, a couple thousand years of history to, to lean on for, yeah. for plenty of words. But in, in their case, they, this was all brand new to them. The, the, the kingdom of heaven is at hand now. What does that mean? Oh, OK, I can see the, the, the manifestation of the kingdom standing in front of me, the, the, the Messiah who has come to to be the savior. So we go proclaim that. But there, there's there's nothing more there at that time to proclaim because he hadn't gone to the cross yet. They don't have the, the rest of the gospel to share with people. They just have simply have this message. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yeah. Very simple. And we overcomplicate this and we and we make it difficult on ourselves. And we then we start to worry. We start to get fearful of, of all these things. And I mean, we just forget fearful of what it is we're going to say not even thinking about the people that are receiving the message that we're sharing, not thinking about how their hearts are, are prepared because if God has highlighted somebody for us to share it with, then it's likely he's already done some work because we know he goes before us. There's work done there. People are hungry to hear this message. If, if the, the harvest is plentiful, then we can't disregard the preparedness of people's hearts, the, the hunger and thirsting that they have for something to, to fill that void that they're feeling, that they may not realize, they may have heard of Jesus, but they may not realize that that is what is going to, to fulfill them. That is what is going to, to bring about fullness in their lives that they're seeking after. And we know that the generations right now are uh, younger generations. They are seeking after the supernatural they are seeking after something bigger than themselves and and oftentimes it's it's from the wrong source they're, they're doing this in the wrong place and so we need to go we need to get out there and go because our mission isn't just to the the uh lost sheep of the house of israel anymore it's to the nations it's to the entire world and so we need to really uh, uh stop being fearful of what it is we're going to say take the simple message of the gospel and go yeah. And don't worry about, about provision. If, if he's telling you to go and, and he's got all these things taken care of, and this isn't the only place he says all your needs will be taken care of. Uh, I think it's in Matthew six. He also says that as well. And so just go, don't worry about uh, uh, food and shelter. The, the, the hospitality of those who are looking to receive the message of Jesus, uh, whether they know it or not, will be there. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, mm -hmm. and all things will be added. 
all things. Like we don't have to worry about a thing. So this, this call I realize takes up so much space in, in, in our minds. And be, because when we don't quickly obey, worry and fear take over mm-hmm. and, and they begin to take up all the space and we go into problem self problem solving. And we're like, well, how do I do that? Well, if I, if I, if I formulate this plan, no, it's go. He says, go. He, he didn't give the disciples any time at all to construct their own personal plan. He said, go. And he sent them out in pairs, two people, two by two. He sends them out. And it's such, I mean, we can, we can look back at, you know, the story of Noah and the flood and, and bringing the animals in two by two and, and what, what's his, it's just, it's so powerful. Like he's saying like bringing people in two by two is enough. Mm-hmm. We just don't trust his power and his authority in us, but we can, we can trust his power and authority that, that when we simply just go that it will all be there. The message of the kingdom will be on the tip of our tongue. Yes, yes. Good morning, Robin. Just obey. It's that simple. Simply mm-hmm. obey. Just do what he's saying to do. He will continue to show you the next step as long as you take the steps. I think that that stagnancy comes through acts of disobedience when we refuse to move. And, and some of us have been refusing to move for quite some time. And it is, it's mm. terrifying when God calls you to do something that is beyond yourself. It's terrifying, but here's the deal. You have the audacity to do it anyway. It's in you. It's in you to do it anyway. And you know, I love the double Dutch. <laughs> yeah. Am I going to do it? Am I going to go? Am I going to go all in? Do I have the footwork to to be able to handle the double dutch ropes? Yes, you do. You've been equipped. You've been given the authority and the power to do the thing. And if it feels too big, great. Then you know it's God. So if you're even in that space where you're like, ah, I'm not sure if this is God or if I'm just concocting this illustrious plan in my head. No, it's God. If it's beyond you and you can't make it happen, it's likely God. If, if, if you can't do it on your own, it's God because we were made for community. We were made for oneness and you should have to lean on someone else, really an entire tribe to fulfill a call on your life. If you don't have people behind you that have a prod hitting you constantly, like, what are you doing? Could you please get going? Then, then you're probably out of submission. We are called to submit one to another and, um, the people in your life have either gotten tired of provoking you or you're just not in, in, um, in tribe. You've got to be a part of a community. And, and, and this is love when you have people constantly on your back, move, get going. What are you doing? There's more. If you don't have people pushing you into that next level, then, um, then, then then you've missed it entirely. Yeah. (laughs) 
And, and don't get upset when they start pushing harder because you have reached a new level. Yes. Um, t- talking about this, it, it really starts making me think you said the audacity to obey. Well, you know, some of us have the audacity to disobey. To, I mean, that, that is a, a something else entirely. That's just um, foolish. <laughs> it is, but you know, how often do we, do we make that choice? And that's pretty audacious. It is. Um, but, you know, I, I've been contemplating the statement, I believe, and then fill in the blank, you know, after that. And, and it's, it's really interesting when we start thinking about the faith that we, we carry and, and the statement of, I believe this and, and really starting to look at what's the evidence behind my belief. What's the evidence that that I can point to with people that says this is the the faith that I walk out? This is this is what you can see here. And and when he's talking about these things, go say this, you know, proclaim this here, and then here's here's the evidence you can show with that. And, and and as this is the kingdom, and I love it because we can say, you know, we can go without knowing. We can we can have that faith to step out and say, I'm going. I don't have all the answers. I don't know uh, where provision is going to come from tonight, but I'm going into this town because uh, God has said this. And, and and outside of all these other things that my mind immediately starts to like, ah, start to worry about in provision. Nevertheless, that is the big word that follows all of these things. Nevertheless, I will still go. Yes. And, and I will be obedient to what that is because obedience backs up my belief. And that says that I have faith and I am, I am going. I, I'm simply believing and I'm stepping out in faith because provision does come from God. If we're trying to do it in our own strength, it's going to be subpar to what it is that he has for us anyways. So that whatever grandiose ideas of provision that you have in your, in your mind under your own strength pales in comparison. <laughs> Excuse me. And so we need to just go. And not worry about the numbers, because, uh, again, we, we talked about this recently. It's just a math problem, right? You know, if, if two by two, they go out and they they each uh, share Jesus with somebody, that's two people. If those two continue, if everybody continues to go, it just starts doubling. Two becomes four, right. becomes eight, becomes 16, and it just multiplies quickly. And um, floods the earth. And, 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 yeah, it, it does. It, it floods the earth. And. and uh, so I, I think we just have to to be audacious enough to be obedient, like you're saying, and not be audacious the other way and, and just go. You know, nevertheless, all of these things, nevertheless, I have faith. So I will go. Even if I don't have the answers. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that what we do is is we try to to substitute faith for responsibility and, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's honestly, you guys, it's a, in the kingdom, faith is responsible. But when we start looking at responsibility through the lens of systems, we get ourselves tied and God cannot use us in the freedom that he has planned. So if, if you're looking for provision within systems, that's actually going to tie you down. It's going to be a weight And you're going to be tethered to the systems of the earth when the kingdom of heaven is actually so provisional that it can set you soaring. 
so to speak. Like you, there's nothing holding you. It's, it's, um, there, there are systems that will tether you completely. They will chain you to, to the earth. And and then there are, then there are uh, self provisions that could play like that. What what do you call that? Like the little parachute that you run with (laughs) the picture that I've got in my head, like it might, may not be completely binding, but it's still going to hold you back Mm -hmm. when God is wanting you to be free from everything. He wants to be the provider. He wants to prove himself in this way. And, and faith is never going to be sensical. You will feel like a fool. You will probably appear like a fool and very few people in your life are going to approve of what's going on. And and there is a crushing, a life crushing that takes place with all of this. And, and, and God will begin to rip things away from your life that, that makes sense to you, that makes sense to the people around you. And so it is so important that we become spirit led people as a tribe, that we be spirit led because if we're not, if we're not all spirit led, we won't have the right mind. When the crushing takes place, we're going to point fingers rather than applaud. Yeah. Right. And and we want to be those who are spurring one another on, even in the crushing. Why on earth would we think that there wouldn't be a crushing? If we are, if we are looking at Jesus as the source, we know full well that there is a crushing that has to happen in our lives. It's, it's no mistake that he is found praying in an olive press. You guys, he is in this place of crushing. All the oil is being squeezed out of him in this place until he's sweating blood. There is a crushing that takes place and we need to stop looking at it in in cynical judgment. We are we are created to judge. Can we get over that? This whole like stop being judgmental. No, we are created to judge. Actually, the word praise is associated with judgment. We are judging something as worthy to be praised, right? And so judgment is very much a part of our makeup, but we need to learn how to to judge by faith. When we see the crushing happening in one another's lives, we celebrate, oh my gosh, God is preparing you to go into all the world and share the good news of the gospel to change lives. Lives depend on you making it through the crushing. Yeah, the the systems you talked about tying God's hands, uh, it's it's so true, and, and we want to we want to be tied to these things because it's that first response we say, oh, we see with our natural eyes, and let's let, we, this is what we see. And if you think about Abraham and Sarah, God comes to him and says, you know, I, I'm going to do this mighty thing for you, and, and the first thing he says, I have no offspring, and and you know Sarah couldn't have kids and they couldn't have kids. So perfect. These are the perfect pair for God to call out and, and build for himself a nation, yeah. build for himself an inheritance. And, and so uh, we, we can't get tied to systems and, 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 and looking at things with natural eyes, we need to stop and say, okay, if God is calling us into something, if he is giving you some mission, there is a reason behind it. What's that reason? 
what is the the provision that I can't see because it hasn't manifest yet. If God's saying it's there, then I don't need to see beyond that. I just need to to go and follow through. Couch potatoes don't don't do it, right? It's that's not partnership. No. It's not faith. No. That is that's just um, that's a cop out. We, we, we can't we can't scapegoat God any longer and say that, oh, I'm waiting on him to move or waiting on this and that from him. He, he's already gone before us. So his his part that he is, is bringing to the partnership is already complete. Now it's time for us to go. I'm reading Nicole's comment. Yeah, same. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, Nicole, that's so good. And, and yeah. I, th- you know, actually I was, I was, we were listening to um, a teaching because uh, we've been in the car a lot lately and um, we were listening to a teaching and in the teaching um, it said, we don't, we don't need to teach about suffering. Suffering teaches uh, for itself kind of thing. And I was like, I am in total disagreement with that. I think because we haven't taught on suffering, we have missed it. And we've pulled ourselves out of the game. We've rejected self because of the suffering, thinking that it's God's rejection of us. It's actually God's preparation for you. <laughs> like he's preparing you. You've got to look at, okay, so this, this story that we're talking about in Mark 6 and Matthew 10, you've got to look at what's happening on, it, what's sandwiching the sending, right? So Jesus is rejected by his hometown. He's in Nazareth just prior to the sending of the 12, he can't do anything. His power and his authority is suspended in Nazareth because there's no faith. You and I would probably emote for several days over something like that. We would probably collect some some ears around us to listen to our woe is me story about how I was rejected by the people. I do this. You do this. Enable our victimhood. Exactly. Jesus doesn't do this. Jesus allows that squeezing, that crushing to create opportunity. On the backside of, of Nazareth, of the stinging, and you know, that had to have hurt. I mean, he's hearing all of the, the mocking going on and that had to have hurt. That's like soul crushing. And um, because your heart yearns for your people, your heart yearns for the people that are closest to you. Just get it, just get it. And instead they are mocking him. That's just Mary's son, right? Like, who does he think he is? You know what's going on. And, and there's nothing but but mocking happening. Jesus's response to this is nothing short of faith. I'm going to send the fellas out. And I'm going to show them that it doesn't take me to do these miracles. I have 12 that I can send out to at a time into different areas. And they will represent and manifest the hope of the kingdom. And they go and they heal people and demons are cast out. People are free. Can we stop talking about the demons being cast? 
people got free. People got free. And we are a bound people walking around on the earth today. We need people to get free. But my whole point is, is like, let's look at the response of Jesus in the crushing. He's a man of many sorrows. We know that because scripture tells us. We wouldn't know it by his actions because he's also the the sheep that's gone to the slaughter without making a sound. We know because it's foretold in scripture that he's a man of many sorrows. But it's his response in the midst of sorrow that we need to make much of and begin to emulate. How are we going to respond to the sorrow? How are we going to respond in the crushing? How are we going to respond when there is um, when there is an invitation for the victimhood, right? And then on the backside, the next story that happens is John, his cousin, his friend is killed. And so Jesus's life is not unlike ours. Let's stop pretending that, you know, he's floating around the earth. That didn't happen. He is crushed at every turn. He just lives by faith. That's the difference between us and Jesus is he's willing to be propelled by faith at every crushing turn. Everyone, instead of looking at the the what's manifesting physically before him, he looks into the unseen realm and pulls it forward, breathes life on it, and changes everything around him despite what just took place. This is what we have access to. This is the authority and the power that he's talking about. And this is why he's saying, like, don't take anything. Keep it simple, stupid, right? Don't take anything. This is simplistic. Go in my power and authority. Because he didn't want them leaning on their own understanding, on their own provision. He wanted them to be thrilled by the faith that they were walking in. Because there is nothing like it. There's nothing like that to be able to reach in and say, this is what God has shown me. And I'm pouring everything into this until it manifests. And then I'm moving on from there. So what's he showing you? What, what is that, that thing that's too big that he's showing you? Ask Holy Spirit to teach you how to live by faith, how to step into that thing before it manifests. Turns out we're not that smart. <laughs> Turns out. I don't know. I consider myself to be a genius. <laughs> That's another story. I, I love reading through this and to what you're speaking about, about the rejection in Nazareth. The end of chapter 10 is talking about rewards, rewards for uh, the people and uh and the towns whoever receives you receives me whoever receives me receives him who sent me the one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward and the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward this goes back to what you're talking about at the beginning uh, not staying in hotels going from house to house and and those homes that receive you when you come in, wherever it is that you go, are going to receive a reward for that. Yeah. And you can and you can leave behind a blessing in that place when you go. And 
I, I just I, I love that thought. I love that that this is this is what the exchange is the, the the royal exchange of hospitality of of welcoming uh, the the messenger of Christ in is there is an exchange there yeah we are are being used by God to provide for them and and their needs and at the same time being blessed and that 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 is is an easy way to illustrate the the royal exchange that we've so often talked about yeah yeah, I, I love, you know, I love the concept of royal exchange. We haven't talked about that in a long time. And, and and it comes straight out of the story of the Queen of Sheba and Solomon. She is so moved by the temple that he is building that she goes back home and she brings back a, an entire entourage. I mean, it takes camels to bring in all of the treasure that she feels so provoked to give just at the sight of the beauty of the work that Solomon is doing on the temple. And, and this correlates well, actually, with the story. Jesus knows the beauty of the gospel. He knows the beauty of the kingdom. And he's, he's prescribing them go without anything because he knows that just by carrying the kingdom, into new territory that those around them, there'll be those who shun them. He also told them what to do then, dust your feet off and go. But there will be those who are so moved and convicted by the beauty of the kingdom that they were carrying, that they would bring treasure, that there would be a royal exchange. It, it wasn't It wasn't that Jesus was telling them that people would bow down and, and worship them because of what they, they brought. And I think that we kind of have that mentality also, if we're honest. But he knew, he knew that there would be a provocation that would rise up within the people when they had to come face to face with the kingdom and that they would they would be moved to want to release a royal exchange. And that's the beauty of it all is that in the kingdom, everybody is brought up. Everybody is leveled off. Everybody's brought up to the city. If you're doing it well, everybody is brought in to, to this leveling up because you exist. Mm -hmm. The blessings on your life get to be the blessings on others. What I'm pursuing affects everyone around me. What I'm not pursuing affects everyone around me. If I'm going to sit back and, and wallow in my fear or my, my unbelief, then that's what everybody's going to get from me. But if I am chasing after the, the thing that I have seen with eyes of faith and wanting to pull that to the forefront until I see it manifest, that's going to affect everyone around me. And that's what a royal exchange looks like. And then you're going to be provoked by that and you're going to want to chase after the thing. And I am affected by that. It's a, it's a give and take. It's a constant release and filling that we need to be running after. And this is what it means to be in community is to live by the law of the Royal exchange because we are kingly and all has already been provided for. It's all out there. It's all just sitting out there waiting to be, laid hold of. 
Chris Chris said he'll catch up later, but what, what have you set me up for this week, Chris? We haven't set you up for anything. Your obedience to God has you set up already for greatness. That's, that's your, you know. Oh, Chris. That, that's the only thing I could think to say there is uh, God set you up for greatness and you've been obedient. So there but you go. Last time he was late, we made him jump on with us. <laughs> And it was great. <laughs> it was fantastic. We're better for it. Yep. Hi, Lisa. Hello, hello, Lisa from from Massachusetts today. Yes, Not Connecticut. Wow. Ah, right. uh, th this is this conversation about this. I'm really hoping people are provoked to to action and, and not continuing to just sit and wait and and throw out the fleeces and look for for this sign or that or for for complete uh, answers to all of the questions and that don't require faith at that point once you get all those answers you know uh, yeah that and I really hope there is a provocation to just step out and go and and exercise the faith that that we claim yeah Sandy I love that. When I am so moved by the kingdom of God that I chase after it with relentless pursuit. Mm. Yes. yes. To that. If I had my hallelujah hanky. Oh, you guys are in luck. Oh, you got it. <laughs> this is not my normal one, but I have it. It'll work. Amen. It'll work. Sandy. Yes. Let's come on. Are you bored? Let's do something. Let's do something that matters. Do something that matters. And, and and it's about the daily bread, right? Mm -hmm. What's he saying today? What are you supposed to pursue today? We've been, so this, I, I'm so proud of us because we have, we have lived within the boundaries of a word that God released over our ministry for the entirety of this year. And we have never done this before. This was a first for us. We attempted the, the year prior, but we weren't very good at stewarding it. But this year, I feel like God has really taught us how to live within the parameters or the boundary lines of, of this word. And we're seeing these things begin to manifest. And, and there's still some things that we're like, knowing that we have like three months left for for these things to to begin to manifest and that we will see them and we're trusting that that God's word won't return to him empty it will return to him plop you know overflowing because that's he's a god of lavishness and and so of course when he's expecting something to return to him it's going to be pressed down shaken together and overflowing right it's just it's the way that he he does things and and we're seeing the fruit of contending for the word that god has released over us and it has taken sheer faith to, to be able to really lean into that and, and trust that, um, that it's on him. He said it. All we do is lean in. We do, we do the things he says to do, right? So we lean into that and believe. And, um, and, and it's been fun to see how, how he really just 
brings things to fruition because we choose to believe. It's simply, we have not like, you know, we're not going to any great lengths to, to make things happen. We're just, we're trusting and we're contending and we're, cont- we, we're continuing to speak these things into existence. And one of the things that God told us to, to really trust him in was that he would restore family life. That And for, for the majority of us, that meant that, you know, our, we would see see our children like begin to have a, a deeper desire for for Jesus and um and become curious uh, again about who he is and be drawn back into a love relationship with him and um so that's been fun to see and 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 it's like breadcrumbs right <laughs> it's like little breadcrumbs but I, I am I am taking it and, and because I know that that's how he provides. It's daily. What is the daily bread that you're eating? What's the manna that that you're consuming? What are the little things that are manifesting in your life that are spurring you on to tomorrow? And and then tomorrow has its own measure within it. And um, when we sit and we complain about what's not happening, we miss out on what is. And, And that is the faith propellant to get us into the next day, crushing into a hunger. Yes. Yes. Yes, Nicole. That is so good. And, and, and that's what he does. He, he does. He turns the crushing in into a hunger to go all in. You guys, we have it within us to go all in. He's worth it. You're worth it. And so for those of you that are on the fence or you're, you're not sure, you know, whether, whether you've got what it takes to go all in and you do, you have what it takes. You very much have what it takes because it's simple. Yes. It really is that simple. Yes. God, I will lay everything else down. I won't try and make sense of it because it's nonsensical. It's nonsensical. It's the foolish things that confound the wise, right? So just, you know, decree over yourself. I am a foolish thing. My my life is not going to make sense in worldly wisdom. It's not. It's not going to make sense at all. When, when God tells you to go and do, you have to just do it to the best of your ability. And it means shedding things, shutting things down that are holding you back from pursuing what it is that he's called you to do. We lose our life to gain everything. So good. Ah, It's been such a good year to, to be able to, to be trained by God. And and he talked about the on the job training that would be taking place in that work. Mm -hmm. And, and, And we've certainly seen that. We have certainly seen um, the the hits and the misses, and um, and so it's been absolutely incredible. Yeah, that. and and to see that that come to fruition. And speaking of the the foolish things confounding the wise, I, I mean, when you're laying it all down and, and seeing this happen, this is the stuff that that makes you a, a genius in the kingdom. Yes, plain and simple. Plain and simple. And Vince, 
Will you tell us about Kingdom Indivisible and how people can partner with that? Yes. Um, Kingdom Indivisible, this is uh, what we are doing to, to put together people all over the world. We are looking for, for people to come together and start uh, contending and, and praying with one another uh, for, for the, the land, for the, the people around them, for the nations. And, and this is a, a simple gathering of two to three people and uh, just, just being willing to come together and, and go after the things of God together, contend with one another, pray with one another. And, and it really is that simple. And you're just agreeing to meet with, with one or two other people at a minimum every week to do this. And we have a Facebook group set up that you can come into and we are putting things in there every week uh, about what it is that we're going through here locally and uh, on, on Sundays. And, and right now it's that foundation series and, and really getting people uh, to, to have a solid foundation to be able to start building on in 2024. And, and I think that the more people we can get together to, to enter into to prayer and uh, uh, intercession on behalf of the land and those around you, your your uh, group you share oneness with, and, and and again all of us, I think that's going to to really prepare us to just see tremendous things uh, uh, happen in 2024. And so you can uh, either go to our website at uneditedlife.org, and there is a page there that gives you a little bit of information, uh, gives you a place to to sign up, which just is is. Uh, uh, sending out notification to us that says yes you're in and uh, but you can also go to I think you've linked the Facebook group there is that what that was yeah yeah go to the Facebook uh, group join that and uh, we'll get you started yeah and, and just to be clear we're not asking you to walk away from what you're part of now that's not at all what we're, we want you seated somewhere. And um, because we want to see the, the kingdom of God in fullness, wherever it is that you are. So we're not asking you to walk away from anything. We're just saying, like, consider this a, um, a just a, a bolstering of what it is that you're already doing. And we have been called to, excuse me, govern the fire. And, and and that that's the fire on the altar, which means that we are constantly calling people into the life of being a living sacrifice. You've got to lay down your life in order to live, and um and, and so this is how we're doing this. This is how God has shown it. This is us reaching into the unseen realm and laying hold of what it is that God has shown us. And He is just like gather as many people as you can that are willing to meet together in twos or threes to lift high the name of Jesus, so that we can. See see the transformation on the earth, to see the glory of, of the Lord cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. It's going yes. to take you and I spurring each other on to see that manifest. We know the scripture tells us that in Romans 8, that the all of creation is waiting in anticipation and full expectation on tippy toes for the sons and daughters of glory to take their rightful place. 
So join us in our mission to govern the fire across the nations and to see the name of Jesus lifted high. Yes. We love we love to have more company mm-hmm. with us. Um, one last thing before we one let last you. One last thing. One last thing. Speaking of fundraising. <laughs> Hilarious. But here's the deal. Um, I, I, I'm not going to try and convince you that we're doing the right thing. But um, we, speaking of reaching into the unseen realm, this is just kind of how God has trained us up. Is like when he says to do something, we just do it without thinking. We really do. Now, again, this could be seen as foolish by the world's wisdom. However, it's just what God has asked us to do is to just see and do, see and do. And so we have a yearly conference in in July and Rebecca has come actually three years in a row. The first year we had to do it um, via Zoom, but but we did it and and Rebecca was a part of it and and she has been for the, the two years that followed that. And this year, God asked us to reach out to Mark Birch Meacham and bring him in. Now, this requires flights. <laughs> and so we have never charged for our conferences because we have this whole thing about, you know, not profiting on the altar. I, I, we cannot move against our, our conscience on that and, and charge mm-hmm. for what has been given to us freely. So we are we are going to have some random fundraisers to to get Mark here. We said yes. We asked. He said yes. And so here we go. Will you partner with us and help us get Mark here? And you're invited. Come. Yeah. You be a part of what it is that we're doing. It's going to be a, a phenomenal time. It'll be in July. We've already released the dates. Just go through our page. You can find it. And um, it's it's Behold is the, the name of the conference. And um, I spoke with Mark for a few minutes yesterday following the Invictus broadcast. And, and he's already hearing <laughs> about the land. And so I'm really excited about that. And um, so... Your purchase of these sweatshirts, and they're really cool, who wouldn't want one, um, will help us be able to offset the cost of bringing Mark in from England. So consider that, guys, there is only seven days left, seven days left to to get behind this and, and help us out. So I thank you in advance. This is This is a royal exchange that you're being invited into. <laughs> Bring it all the way around. <laughs> We love you and are so, so thankful for you. Have a blessed rest of your week.